the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Happy Independence Day. Tomorrow, of course. Not Happy Fourth of July. I mean, it is the Fourth of July, but come on, it's an Independence Day, and not enough people call it that, but that's what we're calling it here. Uh, now would be a good time to uh, uh, talk about the guys who signed the declaration. You know, the reason for the celebrating tomorrow, fireworks and everything. Uh, they had some serious, well, let's just call it courage. Patrick Gary of the Acton Institute wrote a piece about it. I found out some things about the guys who signed the, the document uh, that I didn't know. And it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I, this is some of those things, one of those things that I wonder why we weren't taught more of this in the in school um and i have a funny feeling that they're not being taught this in school now but this is from the piece and i don't think i mean these these the names of these people should be more prominent i couldn't run these names by if if, i mean i know the biggies but uh, there are a lot of signers of the declaration according to this story nine of the signers died of wounds or hardships during the revolutionary war nine died Okay, five were captured or imprisoned and endured harsh treatment. Twelve saw their homes burned to the ground. Seventeen lost their entire fortunes. Their entire fortunes. They were broke when the revolution was over. The families of the signers were killed, jailed, mistreated, persecuted, or robbed of their wealth. Every signer was branded by England as a traitor. Everyone was hunted, and many were at one time or another barred from their families or their homes. Most of the signers were offered a missus. This is my favorite part, according to um, this piece in Acton Institute. Most of the signers were offered immunity, freedom, financial rewards, or the release of loved ones to break the pledged word and repudiate the declaration. But not one did so. Not one of them. That's, uh, that's, that's some guts there. And uh, just to try to put yourself back where those guys were, uh, many of them living very comfortably. They weren't happy with what was going on with the government. And uh, obviously they, they had had their fill of the British and the king and all that stuff. And we all know that story. But to try to put yourself back uh, in that situation where you had a very strong government with a very visible military that's always around, uh, they were quartering uh, soldiers in people's homes, um, and they they had the Boston Tea Party, and a lot of things happened before the actual signing of the Declaration of Independence. There were already people being uh, arrested and executed uh, for being traitors and um, just for being um, just criminals is what they were considered. And to, in that, in the middle of all that, to sign this piece of paper that was actually going to be sent to the king, and and they, they wanted him to see it, and they wanted their names on it. They didn't, it wasn't just a matter of um, getting a bunch of people together to agree to this idea, hey, let's have this little revolution and, uh, you know, get the British out of here and start our own country, which is what the original, what, what the actual idea was, but it was to actually put it down on paper brilliantly by the way by thomas jefferson and then have everyone sign it put your name on it your signature on it so that uh no matter what happens when it's all over if if the british should happen to win and i'm pretty sure that the uh that the colonies were the underdog at that point i don't think a lot of people were betting on the the colonies at that time so to put your name on that piece of paper was a big big deal and uh, that shouldn't be forgotten. And I, I just want, I mean, the kids aren't in school now because it's July. And maybe that's a problem, but uh, at least as far as getting the, this um, message to the kids. But uh, I just wonder how much they talk about this in school. But uh, every signer was branded as a traitor. 
Nine of the signers died of wounds or hardship during the Revolutionary War. Five were captured or imprisoned and endured harsh treatment. Twelve saw their homes burned to the ground. Seventeen lost their entire fortunes. The families of the signers were killed, jailed, mistreated, persecuted, or robbed of their wealth. And all they ended up doing after all that was creating the greatest country in the history of the planet, which is still doing okay. We have issues, but we're still here. So I just thought that should be mentioned. Something else that should be mentioned is that Colin Kaepernick uh, yesterday, uh, as you know by now, he um, he just kind of mentioned to Nike that he thought, you know, the Betsy Ross flag on the shoes wasn't a good idea. So Nike, of course, immediately pulled them from the market. And I don't know if you say all hell broke loose, but it caused quite a stir. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who I, he's pretty much of an expert in dealing with branding, and he's going to tell you that probably not a bad idea. At least I think that's what he's going to say. Uh, based on what I've seen, he doesn't think it was all that uh, bad of an idea for Nike to do what they did, to pull the shoes and to, uh, just to have Kaepernick on board. We'll talk to him when we come back about the Betsy Ross flag and whether or not that was a good idea. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity to people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable. The way they construct these things, they have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. We'll be right back. Recent storm have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. windowsrspittsburgh.com. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Summer is here and so are the bugs and other pests. Don't let your home or business be overrun this season with unwanted intruders. Forget about throwing your money away on those harmful toxic chemicals. This season, plug in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug in Pest-Free. 
This summer, turn your house wiring into a hostile environment for rodents and other unwanted pests, effectively driving them out the safe, humane way without the use of toxic chemicals. Designed to last for years, it will save you a ton of money. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest-Free Pro, covers up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. The Pro comes with a 20% discount when you use promo code SAVE20. That's promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. Order yours online today at gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, by now you know that Colin Kaepernick uh, convinced Nike to pull some shoes off the market because they had the Betsy Ross flag on them. It's uh, unbelievably stupid, and both Nike and Kaepernick are taking some heat for it. There are lots of people supporting them, but will it hurt Nike? David E. Johnson is CEO of Strategic Vision PR. He says not much, if at all. He joins us now. David, thanks for being here. It's great to be on. Thank you for having me on. So um, I I just want to run this by you right off the top. I had someone suggest to me today (laughs) that this is a hoax all pre-planned, uh, and are you ready to buy into a conspiracy theory like that on this uh, whole Kaepernick thing, that Kaepernick knew about it all along, and it was planned? I'm really not, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because right before we went on air, it broke out that progressive groups are cheering Nike and saying now that Nike, by doing this, lays the groundwork to begin removing statues of Washington and Jefferson. And you, that's the ultimate goal. Where did you so see that? Because I'd be interested in who's saying that. That's just, just, National Review just uh, was reporting that not too long ago. That's wonderful. Uh, so, uh, so Colin Kaepernick uh, will be the guy who gets the Thomas Jefferson statues removed. That's good. Let's uh, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and that's another story. I mean, that today in um, today in Jefferson's hometown of Charlottesville, just as an aside. They decided to no longer celebrate his birthday as a holiday in the city, where his his hometown, um, because of his, he owned slaves. But anyway, uh, back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, which is uh, really nauseating. But how how will this affect Nike's image and bottom line? This recent it will affect it will affect the image with people like you and I, uh, with conservatives, uh, with older middle America. But it's not going to affect it with the demographic that Nike's going after. They took a calculated gamble. I mean, they made it the deal with the devil when they signed on Colin Kaepernick. They know what they're doing. He appealed to the millennials, and that's what Nike is all about. That's the market they're targeting. They want that millennial market. And we saw, even despite the outrage with Nike when they signed Kaepernick first on, millennials responded, their sales were up. Yesterday, after all this controversy hit, Nike released their sales earnings, and they were up. So Kaepernick is not hurting them. He's hurting their image with middle America, but not with millennials. And that's what this is about. These businesses are concerned about millennials, and that's who they're targeting. When you say concerned, you mean they're concerned because they think that's their best audience to target, and that's who's most likely to buy shoes? Exactly. And what's beyond even that, if you look at market surveys, this millennial market, they don't care about price. They don't care about the quality of the product. The number one thing that they look for when they select a brand is, does this company make me feel good? Does this company share my values? And that's what they're looking (laughs) for. And that's what Nike and other brands are doing. I mean, we saw the same thing with uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, with uh, Target. They went uh, pulled their guns at Dick's. Target had same-sex bathrooms, mm-hmm. all to reach this millennial market. They don't care if it offends middle America. They don't care if the majority of the citizens are upset. They feel they have to reach this millennial market, and that's who they're targeting. Well, um, I mean, when I was a, a m- millennial age, I wanted shoes to make my feet feel good, okay? I mean, <laughs> you, you know, and I both. Yeah. So now you're telling me that there are people out that we're doomed if this is the case. I mean, I have no hope for humanity. If, it's, if people are actually buying shoes based on whether or not the company makes them feel good. Exactly. Uh, right now, if you look at market surveys, 
Among millennials, the number one reason why they select a brand is the company shares my social values. I feel warm and good about it because it believes in the same things that I do. And we're seeing corporations announce uh, that they are now a social conscience. They are now socially active. Remember, for years, businesses never wanted to touch politics because they knew it would offend some consumers. Now, uh, businesses feel that they have to because they'll be attacked on social media. Uh, They'll lose millennials. So they're taking sides. And, I mean, what's ironic is we had Dunkin' Donuts just a couple weeks ago announce that they weren't political. They're not going to take sides. They were attacked by this progressive crowd for saying that. So they stepped back and said, well, while we're not political, we will address certain issues (laughs) issue by issue. Yeah, well, um, and I, Oreo uh, has come out with a, an LGBTQ um, version of Oreo, uh, Nabisco has come out with a an LGBT version of Oreos that has something to do well, with... Well, not only that, I mean, this 4th of July, which we're talking about, uh, concerned with Nike, Target actually has more LGBT uh, paraphernalia uh, merchandise than they do 4th of July merchandise in their stores. That's good. Well, I'll remind me not to remind me not to go in there at least over the I don't anyway, but that, that it's beyond uh, it's just it's insane to me, but because uh, that was going to be my next question, you know, when did it become a good idea for a shoe company or, or any other company to to pick a side, uh, pick a political side because you know, the, the the I mean, I worked in lo- local news for a long time doing sports and it started out uh, that I used to do commentaries and they became afraid that I might offend somebody, and then it became uh, they were afraid that someone might disagree with me. So they didn't want anybody taking a stance on anything, and still don't, because they figure it, it just makes the half the audience mad. So how, how does it, how, when did that change? Because of millennials? It changed for the millennials and social media. Look, most of these CEOs on Wall Street, they're middle-aged uh, gentlemen, they're used to, you know, don't offend anyone, it's all about profit. But they're being advised by these young millennials who are their marketing gurus who tell them that social media, the millennials are the way to go. It's all based on the number of followers you have on Twitter, on Facebook. That's what you need to worry about. And the CEOs are buying it. I mean, think about it. It used to be years ago, if a CEO failed to report a good profit, they were known as an ex-CEO. Mm-hmm. That's not happening anymore. We're seeing businesses like Dick's when they pulled the guns. They took a hit financially. Nothing happened to their CEO because they took the socially progressive step. And that's what we're finding. Businesses are scared of this mob. And we have to remember, it's a minority, this mob on Twitter, on Facebook. It's not a majority. But these corporations are so paralyzed and fearful of them that they respond to them. I mean, we've seen it, I mean, with Meritrade and other companies, when they had to pull out of uh, sponsoring Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram, because the mob goes after them, and they're afraid of offending these millennials and social media. And unfortunately, in this day and age, CEOs are no longer looking at the bottom line. They're looking at Twitter, and they're basing decisions on the latest tweet. But, um, and we're talking to David E. Johnson, uh, CEO of Strategic Vision PR, um, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, the, the whole point of business is to make a profit. Um, how do stockholders feel good about their stock either not going up as much as they would like it to be or going down because the company is trying to make people happy instead of sell shoes? They don't. I mean, with uh, Nike, we've actually seen some stockholders speak out and say they were not happy with this decision. But so far, nothing's been done. And look, it's not just Nike. Like I mentioned, it was Target, Exporting Goods, Ameritrade, Macy's, there's Wayfair. There's a group of these companies that have done it. And the problem is, so far, no one's challenged them. I mean, you would expect a stockholder to go in, you know, challenge them, even uh, bring in lawyers and say, hey, they're failing, they're not bringing in a profit. So far, that hasn't happened. Until we see action like that, I don't expect we're going to see a change with these corporations. Um, and... So would you, as as if you're speaking just as a um, as a PR guy and a, a CEO of a, of a, a PR firm and a, a marketing firm, would you just would you consider um, Nike's decision to 
bring in Kaepernick as a spokesperson, as the face of their product there for a while, as a, a genius move? No, I wouldn't. I think it's a polarizing move. It antagonized a lot of consumers, and it's affected uh, stockholders. But I would probably be overruled because the CEO wants to reach millennials, and they feel that's the way. Now, from a PR standpoint, I do think Nike was smart with all of this happening yesterday because what was really buried in the headlines uh, was reported on Drudge, reported by CNBC, but it was really buried, is the same time they were doing this with the Betsy Ross sneaker, over in China, they pulled sneakers because the Chinese government found the designer offensive because he supports all these uh, dissidents over in Hong Kong. People and in Hong Kong who are looking for freedom and liberty. They Right, uh, yeah. and um, Nike uh, caved in. And they're even talking about sending them back to mainland China. The Chinese government's requested him. Wow. And well, it's, it's Google's over there helping them out, too. Uh, with uh, Exactly. But I'm saying yeah. Nike was able to bury that story because that would be getting more play, except for uh, Colin Kaepernick and Betsy Ross. Well, I think... And the thing is, most people never even considered this flag to be racist until Colin Kaepernick right. brought it up. I have He's a feeling that now the arbitrator on race issues it appears. I have a feeling that a good percentage of millennials have never heard of China. So I, you know that would, I don't know that how much that would affect their sales anyway. Um, uh, so how does how does strategic vision PR work with media to get people talking about a product? I mean, if you were advising someone uh, to how they should market or or promote their um, product. Uh, with all what you've been saying here about millennials and keeping all that in mind, what's, what's your advice to, to companies? My advice is still the same old one. Don't take a political stand. Have a quality product, quality service, and you're going to survive and flourish. And there is no greater company to look at than Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has been targeted over and over again, yet they have a quality product, quality customer service. They don't discriminate despite what some people want to say. And they were just ranked number one of all fast food chains in America. Number one now. I, I knew they were ranked uh, up there at number two not too long ago. They've They're moved. now number one in the latest rankings that came out just the other week. And so um, how does that jibe with what you are saying about how you have to go after millennials? Because um, Oh, I don't believe in this theory, but I'm saying if you go to Madison Avenue, yeah. these millennials on Madison Avenue are all about social media, all about Twitter, all about the number of followers because that's what sets narrative. Yeah, but, but I, ultimately, what sets narrative is quality product, quality service. But I understand that they're all about Twitter and social media, but they're they're also all about po- politics and liberal politics uh, and com- socialism. Company, a lot of companies this day and age think that they have to be the social arbitrators, and they have to have a social issue. To me, that's fool's gold. It's not going to work. It might work short term, but not long term. So, are are businesses um, are they wrong to try to adapt to the political climate because it's actually you know and and the, for them to think that it's better to pick a side now than not to try to offend anybody because the, by picking one side you're still you're reaching a lot of people with that one side. This nation's uh, completely divided, about fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. You're antagonizing fifty percent of the American people. And the other thing, it's a fluid uh, situation as well. The best thing for a company to do is avoid picking sides and emphasize your products or your service, in my book. So if you – I only I have less than a minute uh, here, uh, David, and we're up against a hard break, so I have to get out. Um, what, would, what would you advise a, another one of the big shoe companies to do to, to compete with this, or would you su- suggest that they don't do I would do advise them you know, to embrace the Betsy Ross flag. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get it, and I think you'll see sales. I mean, we already see these Nike shoes uh, that did sell before they pulled them back. They're going for $2,000 or more on eBay. Just think if a company goes and issues their own form of the Betsy Ross flag, the sales, the bonanza, and the PR they're going to get. Well, I'm out of time, uh, time, David. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thank you. All right, that's David E. Johnson, CEO of Strategic Vision PR. And if that didn't make you want to puke enough, wait till you hear what they're doing in Austin. Poop on the streets.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Funeral services were held in New York today for 9-11 responder Luis Alvarez, who died of colorectal cancer, attributing his illness to the three months he spent digging through the rubble of the World Trade Center. Pastor John Harrington, speaking at the funeral for Alvarez, says it's hard to think of the former New York police detective without thinking of his recent testimony before a congressional subcommittee. Everything he said was said for the benefit of other people. He made a plea that he had been many places and seen many things, but he would have been no other place than on Ground Zero or the Pentagon or Shanksville. In June, a frail Alvarez appeared before the House Judiciary Committee. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 179 points to close at 26,966. The Nasdaq Composite Index rose 61 and the S&P 500 advanced 23. This is SRN News. Freedom. One nation in all of human history was built on that bedrock. Ours. A republic of the people, by the people, and for the people. Self-government requires freedom, just as freedom requires an individual willingness to self-govern. Freedom has made America exceptional, but it can only last as long as you and I seek the good, as expressed by the laws of nature and nature's God. It can only last if you and I choose to act as people of character. Forging character has been the pursuit of Hillsdale College since 1844. Hillsdale College forges character and elevates civic discourse both on campus and nationwide. To find out how you can take their free online courses or receive a complimentary subscription to Imprimus, a monthly speech digest, visit hillsdalefreedom.com. That's hillsdalefreedom.com. Hugh Hewitt believes the Mueller report is incoherent. I get wound up about this. The report was incomprehensible. It's actually indecipherable. News organizations are divided on something as basic as whether or not there are 10 or 11 specific fact patterns reviewed in Part 11. That's how badly it's written. And it's profoundly irresponsible. He fumbled the ball badly. Badly. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Right now, save $500 off a beautiful new Pella entry door. We have hundreds of entry door options to transform your home, create exceptional curb appeal, and add lasting value. An array of glass patterns, from traditional to contemporary, can give you just the right amount of light and privacy you need. And Pella's exclusive Advantage Plus system protects your investment from damaging weather. Get $500 off right now or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA or PellaPittsburgh.com. Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochrane. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Protecting data across modern decentralized networks presents challenges that traditional backup solutions can't handle. At best, you'll waste time and money managing multiple solutions. At worst, gaps in coverage will leave your data vulnerable. Barracuda Backup is a single cloud-integrated solution that simplifies the backup process and allows data replication to anywhere on your network, a private cloud, Barracuda's cloud, or to the AWS public cloud. Reclaim your data. Try Barracuda Backup free at barracuda.com slash backup. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Pretty busy this afternoon. Plenty of volume on the Parkway West inbound. 79 Roslyn Farms Road, Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On the Parkway East, stacking up outbound. Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound volume from Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. We've also got some delays outbound through Crosstown Boulevard heading up to the Parkway North. Parkway North slowing down outbound Mount Nebo Road overpass up to 79. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
A shower or thunderstorm will be around early on tonight, otherwise mostly cloudy and muggy, low 68. Independence Day tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine. Of a couple of showers and thunderstorms in the area into tomorrow evening. High tomorrow, 83 to low tomorrow night, 69. For Friday, again, periods of clouds and sun with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, 86 degrees. With your Rocky Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about the idiots in L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle, and how they've ruined their cities by allowing people to live and eventually poop on the street. Believe it or not, Austin, Texas, passed a law that went into effect on Monday that allows people to do just that. Brian Preston lives in Austin. He's a Texan at large. He wrote a piece about it for PJ Media, and he joins us now. Brian, thanks for being here. John, thanks for having me on. So, so who was it in Austin who thought it would be a good idea to imitate Seattle and most of the big cities in California? <laughs> well, the short answer to that is the liberals in Austin. Uh, the longer answer to that is Mayor Steve Adler and the city council who adopted this policy on June 20th. Okay. Now, I, you know, the when I see something like this, you know, and you re- did a really nice uh, story uh, on PJ Media about it, and Thank but you. you can't get into the – you can't do a 50-page piece on it. So and this is that's what it would take to actually, I think, explain the total stupidity involved here. But I try to imagine the city council meeting with the mayor – when people were, were proposing this, and what was the selling point that, you know, some city council person uh, stood up and said, you know, I think what I have a good idea. I think we should allow people to camp on the sidewalks. And I mean, I just try, you know, you talk about making, not seeing sausage being made. I would just love to be in that room and see how it came about. How did it, how did it happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, is the thinking here that, you know, because it works so well in L.A. and San Francisco and Seattle, let's try it here. I mean, the, the sales pitch was, was it was all couched in, we give the homeless people tickets, they can't pay the tickets, this creates a spiral out of which they cannot escape, therefore we should just stop giving them tickets. Now, of course, if you own a home in Austin, or if you own a business and run afoul of whatever ordinance is out there, you're still going to be paying tickets, it's just the, the homeless folks who are not going to be paying these tickets. That was the sales pitch for this. But, of course, the reality of this, is, and we're already seeing it. The policy only went into effect two days ago. But we're already seeing tent cities pop up and, and little tent shelters pop up. We've seen, I see a couple that, that have popped up on 183 between my house and downtown where I work. And there, there's, there was one documented on Facebook, I think, yesterday, of some folks who had put up a little sort of clothesline and – a little makeshift shelter outside of a discount tire store. And uh, you know, the, the APD has come out and, and said they can't do anything about this because of the city council's ordinance. APD has actually been pretty pretty forthcoming about their unhappiness with this policy. But that was the sales pitch. The sales pitch was we shouldn't ticket them because it creates an economic hardship out of which they can't get. But that, this is not a compassionate policy at all. It's a policy that's going to really hurt the city. It's amazing. Um, so uh, the next time someone in Texas brags about how much nicer the weather is there year-round than it is up here in Pittsburgh, I'll make sure that I mention that uh, it's not all that convenient to pitch a tent in the city of Pittsburgh in January and February, fortunately. So that's the curse you no. get for having warmer weather down there. Yeah, and that's actually a major concern now, too, because Austin does have warmer weather. And, you know, even in the wintertime, it's pretty mild here. I think winter lasts generally about 15 minutes here every year. Um, You could, because of this policy, and I think the media here hasn't really glommed onto this possibility yet, you could see a magnet effect. Other cities around the state and the region have not yet adopted a policy like this. Mm -hmm. Austin has been its progressive self, as usual, and has gone farther and and farther beyond, you know, what, what most liberal cities will even do. And so you're going to see, I think, because of the weather and because of this policy, and frankly, Austin's a pretty decent place to live most of the time, you're going to, you're going to see a magnet effect. And the estimated 2,000 homeless population the city has may grow. In fact, it, it's very, very likely to grow. We've seen that in L.A. and San Francisco and Seattle in Portland, cities that have adopted policies like this. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, normally when you hear about people moving in, you'd say that'd be good for the economy. 
<laughs> but I, I, I and Austin has seen a lot of that too. This is one of the fastest growing cities in the entire country. Um, yeah, the, honestly, a policy like this might put a break on uh, the you know the, the folks moving here that that are you know buying homes and so forth because they don't want to step over all this stuff. But you know, set all the joking aside, this is not a policy that's compassionate for anyone. Really, mm-hmm. it does not help the homeless get homes. It doesn't help house them. It doesn't make the city more affordable. And it doesn't make the city more livable. You're going to see, and the APA, the Austin Police Association, are already predicting this, you're going to see a rise in crime because of this, and even probably violent crime because of this, just because, you know, sort of the broken windows theory. If you prosecute smaller crimes and lower-level crimes, you generally can prevent the bigger crimes. That was Rudy Giuliani's philosophy when he cleaned up New York. Right. Uh, Austin's going the other way, and that's probably going to lead to a spike in crime. And um, could this fall under the um, heading of you get what you vote for? I mean, these people, uh, they, these people were elected. They weren't, you know, they they, yeah. they aren't they aren't royalty, and they didn't, you know, uh, re- reach their prominence by birth. Yeah, it really is a case of you get what you vote for, and you know, Austin has been has been an amazing uh, laboratory for that sort of thing. You get about a ten percent voting rate within the city. The 10% who, who are committed come out and vote, they tend to be the ones who are farthest on the left. 10%? About 10% in city and municipal elections. So it's a very low turnout city, and you get these, these wacky policies in part because of that. And the reason I say Austin's a great laboratory for this kind of policy is a couple of years ago, there was a story in the local paper, uh, and it was a story about affordability. They're having a town hall meeting about affordability in this city, which is – because so many people are moving here with you know to buy property and stuff, prices are just going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And a lady stood up in this meeting, according to the local paper, and said, I just don't understand what's going on. I've been in Austin for 25 years. I've voted for every school bond you've wanted. I've voted for every green belt. I've voted for every project. And now I can no longer afford to live here. Well, yeah, think about how you have voted <laughs> yeah. and what that has done to your own tax bill, which in turn affects your own affordability. Um a lot of voters here don't put two and two together. So you know what? If I do vote for this tax hike, it's going to affect my bottom line. So, yeah, you get what you vote for. You get these liberal policies. You get an unaffordable city. And now you're going to have probably an explosion in the homeless population. Wow. And when you vote for liberal causes, it's not about the actual result of the vote. It's about whether or not it makes you feel good at the time you vote. Right. That's Yeah. It, it's, it's a virtue signal by voting. That's yeah. what they did. Where can the campers camp under this uh, new policy? <laughs> John, that is an excellent question to ask because the answer is not straightforward. The campers can camp on public spaces, which is going to tend to be under bridges and overpasses and on sidewalks and, you know, city property. Mm-hmm. But they cannot camp at City Hall. Uh-huh. Now, isn't that interesting? Yeah, they don't have to step in the poop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the mayor, Adler, did not want to obviously step over paraphernalia and stuff uh, on the way to the office. Uh, the, now, the city council has said they did this because they didn't want another Occupy-style protest on City Hall, but yeah, nobody believes that. So uh, so if I'm, if I'm homeless um, and I decide I want to pitch a tent in front of Starbucks, they can't kick me off the sidewalk. Not unless you're posing a public hazard or clearly blocking the thoroughfare. Uh, and the police have answered this. If you go on the Austin Police Association's Facebook page, they've done a sort of passive-aggressive approach to this. They haven't just come out and said, this is the most asinine thing we've ever heard. What they've come out and, and done is they've done a little couple of Q&As on their Facebook page. And one of them says, question, if someone is camping in front of my residence on the sidewalk, can I call the police and have them removed? Answer, no, you cannot, but you should refer all of this to the folks at City Hall. <laughs> See, I'm old enough, uh, we're talking to Brian Preston, a Texan at large, who's written a great piece for the PJ Media about Austin, which uh, used to be, a, I guess, a pretty nice place to live and is soon to be yeah. look, look like L.A. or San Francisco. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, vagrancy used to be a thing. Um, I, I, I read these stories all the time. About uh, not about Austin, but I mean about the. We've talked about it here on the show about uh, L.A. and Seattle and San Francisco, and I, I'm old enough to remember when someone sleeping on the street was a bum, and somebody would come along and go, "Let's go, buddy. You can't sleep here. This is you know like civilization. You you can't sleep here, much less poop yeah. here. So how about getting out of here? 
or we're going to put you in jail. When did that start? And uh, would people, uh, do you think they're, you, if, uh, if, you, if it got uh, nasty enough there that, that you could find some people to reinstate vagrancy laws, or if they even exist anymore? Well, also a great question. Um, it, we're going to see, I think, a battle brew over the next year or two here in the state because Texas is obviously, at this point, a red state, a very Republican state, so all of the statewide elected officials are Republicans. The legislature is majority Republican, both the Senate and the House. Austin is a Democrat-run city, and Austin is often the, a punching bag for the legislature and the governor when they come into session, and Austin honestly earns that, that badge quite often. Um, I think you're going to see a battle brew between the state legislature, the governor, the statewide, and the city of Austin over this policy. Governor Abbott has already come out several times and tweeted that they'll be overridden on this policy, that they will be fought on this policy. Now, the legislature's not in session. We just closed the 86th session a couple of weeks ago. They won't be back for another year and a half. They won't be back until 2021. So between now and then, you're going to see this policy play out, I think, and then the ledge will come into session in January of 2021, loaded for bear, if the policy is as, as, as disastrous as most people expect it to be, and, and probably override it. We've seen the legislature do this kind of thing before. Cities like Austin have tried to become sanctuary cities, and the legislature has banned that. Um, cities have tried to ban fracking, you know, the, the, the oil drilling yeah. practice that is now creating this oil boom mm-hmm. out in West Texas and actually parts of Pennsylvania, too. Oh, yeah. um, you're going to, and, and when the city of Benton tried to ban fracking, the state overrode that and fought that and won. So you've seen this, this yin and yang battle before, and I think Austin has ignited a whole new round of the state versus local fight. And it's interesting because Republicans tend to be local control advocates. That's I'm what I was just going to say. I, I, don't, I, yeah. I don't like the idea of the state. You know why? Because I think that if you vote for idiots like you have in Austin, you deserve what you get. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot of merit to that. And there's and, and local control, I think, philosophically, right. is a very strong and well-grounded belief. I agree, belief. yeah. Now, you, you do get a situation here, though, where you may have other cities adopt policies like this, and it will lead to spikes in crime. And then the Democrats can turn around, the Democrats who run these cities can turn around and say, hey, we have all these problems, we need more money to fix all these problems. And... You just may create a, a, a level of chaos that's unacceptable for average citizens. Now, citizens should then turn around and vote the people out who adopt these policies. That would be the proper response. But in a city like Austin, which is so heavy Democrat, that may never happen. Well, you're talking to a guy who lives in a city that has not had a Republican mayor in 86 years. Um, and I'm, we feel each other's pain, don't we? Yeah, I'm looking at a list here, Brian, that I have, but I haven't used it yet. I've had it sitting here in front of me for a while. Uh, D.C. 109, Detroit 57, San Francisco 55, Oakland 58, Flint 44, Cleveland 30, Hartford 48, Chicago 88, L.A. 18, Atlanta 140, St. Louis 70, and Philadelphia 67, and Pittsburgh 86. Those are the years consecutive that uh, a Democrat has been the mayor of those cities. Uh, So Austin is feeling the pain. But here's what I don't understand, and you can explain to us, I hope. How uh, Mm -hmm. How do you get Austin in a state like Texas? How did it happen? (laughs) <laughs> well, it's a university town, and it's a political town, and it is a big city. Now, it's a city that's not as big as as it thinks it is, but it is a, a big, major, you know, urban metropolitan center. So you add all that together, especially the university and government part, and it's going to skew left of the rest of the state. And there is, a, there is another sort of interesting yin and yang that happens here in Texas, which is that the cities are trending blue. So Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston... Mm-hmm. El Paso, they're trending blue. The rural areas remain as deeply red as ever. So it's almost like you have small democratic states within the larger red state of Texas. Wow. And what are the chances, as long as you're here and you're at, uh, we're talking to Brian Preston, who just happens to be a Texan at large, um, How? what are the chances of Texas turning blue in 2020 for the presidential election? The liberals are, are starting to make noise about that, and I know it's, there's a lot of wishful thinking in the media about it, too. Yeah. Now, the chances of Texas going blue in 20, especially at the presidential level, are zero, uh, which doesn't mean that the Republicans shouldn't work hard. We should, mm-hmm. and we will, and we are. Uh, but the fact is, you look at the candidates the Democrats are running, they're all running as far to the left as they possibly can. 
Julian Castro, who is a Texas candidate, has just come out in the last day or so and is praising Nike for pulling the Betsy Ross <laughs> shoe. Okay? That's it's not going to play in Texas. It's, it's a big surprise. Beto O'Rourke was a flash in the pan last year. Yep. His numbers have dwindled. And the other Texas candidate, most people don't realize is from Texas, is Marianne Williamson. She is also just not going to play. Well, none of those candidates are going to put Texas in play. So mm-hmm. Texas is going to stay with Trump in 20. We'll keep our Republican majorities of everything and the statewides, too. Uh, but there are alarm bells ringing in the suburban counties, the counties that ring the big cities. Wow. And we need to be paying attention to those, and we are. Well, Julian Castro uh, impressed me when he wanted to make sure that uh, biological men are able to have access to abortion <laughs> in the debate. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's an avant-garde policy right there, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you talk about pandering. He he, oh, he caught himself there, uh, Brian. He he was going to just say women, and he said, "Wow, well, wait a minute, I can't just." But now that would make it look like I think there are only two genders. So let me just throw right. in this: the people who don't have the equipment, they can still get an they can still get an abortion. Hey, Brian, I yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you, the best news we got out of you in this 15 minute interview is that you don't think Texas can go blue for a while, at least in the no. uh, presidential election. It certainly won't. John, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it I, I appreciate you doing it, and we were going to hold you to that prediction on the blue, because if if they if the Texas goes blue, I'm calling you. I'll come back, and, and I'll explain it, but I won't have to. I'll come back and tell you why it's still red. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right, we'll be right back. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh homes and businesses. This is John Steigerwald. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsrspittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday right here on the John Steigerwald Show. windowsrspittsburgh.com. We've been telling you about something called Miracles in Moon for a few weeks here, and uh, the president and CEO, Mike Magolik, joins us. Thanks for having us, John. We appreciate all the support. Mike, your son has a genetic disorder that makes him someone who will appreciate this field, right? Yeah, that's correct. Our youngest son, Luke, has a rare genetic disease called 5P-. About 30 to 35 kids a year in the U.S. are born with wow, it. Wow, that's all. Um, yeah, so the main reason that we're building this field with the help of the community is that we want everyone to have a team, everyone to use a restroom with the dignity that they deserve, mm-hmm. and have families to have a safe place to play. You're not getting any federal taxpayer money here, right? So this is all donations that's going to get this thing done? Yeah, that's correct. Everyone talks about how great Pittsburgh is, and our board can definitely feel that because the money that we've raised, close to $2 million, have been from individuals, companies, and foundations. And if you'd like to see how you can help, please go to the website. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. miraclesinmoon.org. Are you overwhelmed, unable to think clearly or sleep well at night, or just trudging through each day but not really enjoying your life? I'm a counselor with Faithful Counseling, and that feeling of distress can sometimes be because you're wrestling with a problem that seems too big or too impossible to overcome. Other times, people are consumed by a past hurt. I'm part of a network of Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who share your faith. We want to give you a free week so you can try us out. You can begin a conversation with one of us by text or phone, even video conferencing today. Are you ready to shake this off and begin enjoying your life? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you'll not pay a dime. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's so easy to get started, and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. 
It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just go to our website for more details and registration information at theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. That's theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So what could be more American than an Oreo? It's bad for you. It's got a lot of sugar. It makes you fat. It tastes really good. Uh, everybody loves them. Of course, Oreo has now decided to come out with a transgender cookie. Uh, and the idea is that it's, uh, it's for pronouns. It's to tell the kids, uh, help the kids uh, pick their pronouns. And the, I guess each pack of cookies has a different pronoun. It's enough to make you puke. But one one good uh, sign is that Andrew Sullivan, who's gay and writing for The New Yorker, points out that there could be some backlash from this. Uh, according to his recent polls, 62% of young men regarded themselves as allies of LGBTQ people in 2016. Only 35% now say the same. Women allies have dropped from 65 to 52. The turn began in the year that Obama, uh, the Obama administration, with no public discussion or congressional support, imposed critical gender theory on American high schools, determining sex to be whatever a student says it is. The imposition of trans ideology by fiat on the entire country's young, along with severe public stigma for those with even the slightest questions, was almost textbook left authoritarianism, well-meant perhaps, but dictatorial. And he points out that GLAAD, which is the culture police for the gay left, GLAAD has actually said that there might be some um, uh, uh, flashback on this, uh, some backlash, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, but he says... It's almost, he says, it is exasperating the problem uh, because it's trying to accommodate less than 1% of the population is why this resistance is happening. 1%, and it's now reached Oreos. Boy, I've been a lot of things in this show today that make me want to puke. Have a nice uh, Independence Day. I'll see you on Friday. Thanks to Aaron for producing. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.